Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to House of Cards. Today, the game is different. I want to gamble. Gambling is a very serious business. Is that clear? Welcome to House of Cards. Dave Weishelder with you here deep from the swamps of Jersey. we got a great show coming up for you. A big issue for the gambling industry is responsible gambling. It's so important to provide services for people who might have a problem with gambling. And there's an organization out there called the Kindbridge Research Institute that is doing amazing things in that field, especially for our veterans and active military. Coming up, we're going to talk with Daniel Umfleet from Kindbridge. Daniel is the founder and CEO of Kindbridge Behavioral Health and vice chair of the Kindbridge Research Institute. When we come back, we're going to find out all about this incredible organization. So stick around. We'll be right back with House of Cards. Hey, this is Dave Weishaddle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of October 9th, 2023. In August, iGaming revenue in the sixth iGaming states totaled $516.3 million compared to the August of 2022 figure of $394.7 million. That is a 23.6% increase from last year. It is the first time in history that the six iGaming states combined for a revenue figure of more than half a billion dollars. The six states where iGaming is legal are Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Michigan, Connecticut, West Virginia, and Delaware. Speaking of online casinos, Pennsylvania is tops when it comes to online casino revenue. The Keystone State's August revenue number of $171.9 million was the second best month of any legal online casino state and boosted Pennsylvania's lifetime online revenue to more than $5 billion. That figure makes Pennsylvania the market leader in the U.S. when it comes to online casino revenue. And finally, happy 25th anniversary to the Bellagio Casino in Las Vegas. The resort opened its doors on October 15, 1998 with a price tag of $1.6 billion, the most expensive resort ever built at the time. To celebrate its anniversary, Bellagio is hosting a culinary weekend from October 13th to the 15th with several restaurants creating special menus for the occasion. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HFC Radio. For more than 30 years, SCCG Management has set a standard of excellence unmatched in the global gaming industry. From startups to established companies, SCCG Management and its team of experienced leaders help each of their clients navigate the ever-changing, fast-moving business of gaming in all its forms. Sports betting, iGaming, eSports, casino technology, SCCG Management provides a global network to connect its clients with the right strategic partners for growth on a global scale. SCCG also works with entrepreneurs, providing capital and resources to assist in the development of new and innovative projects products and platforms. Whether you're looking to enter the U.S. market, expand your reach to other parts of the world, or establish your business in the global gaming industry, look to SCCG Management for the guidance you need. SCCGmanagement.com, expert solutions for strategic success. You're listening to House of Cards. And a baccarat, boo, trente quarante, seven card stud, blackjack, and craps too. <laughs> I'm just a fool for gambling.
Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. The gambling industry is spreading across this country. Every week there seems to be a new casino or a new sports book opening up. And now more than ever, it is so important to address the issue of problem gambling. That's why I'm so glad that an organization like the Kindbridge Research Institute is out there. They're doing incredible and I think groundbreaking work when it comes to the issue of problem gambling. And to find out more about the Kindbridge Research Institute, we have its director and vice chair, Daniel Umfleet, on the line with us right now. Daniel, thank you for joining us. Pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me. Oh, it's it's great to have you on. And I got to tell you, doing research for this interview, I, I read up on the Kindbridge Research Institute, and it's just an amazing organization. Tell us something about the Kindbridge Research Institute. So the Kindbridge Research Institute was founded in 2020. The reason that we founded it was we started looking at what peer-reviewed research in the space was available in the uh, the topic of military research related to problem gambling issues. Mm-hmm. And what we found was an extreme lack of sort of high-level peer-reviewed research that had been done on a substantial population for this particular disease type. And we sort of knew if we wanted to start to break the break the molds and get some good programs in place that we were going to need some um, good evidence-based research to back up what we what our hypothesis was, which was that military personnel, veterans, PTSD, individuals, uh, individuals with TBIs, traumatic brain injuries um, that served uh, had a higher propensity to uh, gamble and also were um, also at a higher risk to develop a, a gambling problem. Um, so we took it upon ourselves to formed the Research Institute, and we developed a couple of immediate partnerships with Rutgers University, Bowling Green State University, and University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And we went to work on putting some of our hypotheses to the Mm -hmm. tests and using some of the best researchers on the planet to get us to some answers that made sense. And we're about three years into it, and we're starting to see some pretty interesting things. Um, We've produced a lot of research in coordination with those universities around the the subject of military mental health and problem gambling. And we're starting to form programs and put uh, infrastructure and architecture into some states that are looking to have better services available for their uh, retired military personnel. Well, Uh, well, let me ask you something. In, In terms of problem gambling, what is the mission of the Kindbridge Research Institute. What, what are you hoping to achieve with the programs that the Kindbridge Research Institute implements? Um, I think some transparency and stability in government programs where the access to care needs to be sort of at the front of the mind for legislators and regulators that are watching what's happening with sports betting and eye gaming. Mm -hmm. So ultimately everything that we're doing is going to put a lot of design work into infrastructure that will be access for individuals who need healthcare resources for this particular problem. And we want to give them all of the evidence that they need and all of the product and tools that they need to make informed decisions on what, state programs need to look like or what um, what sort of regulations can be put uh, into the operator platforms and make connections to healthcare through uh, product for folks that are directly on the gambling platforms themselves. Uh, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, now, let me ask you something. You mentioned military and uh, the veterans and our active military. I mean, is that your focus at Kindbridge or are there other segments of the population that could benefit from what we Kindbridge is doing? So it's a that's a really good question. So there are multiple populations mm-hmm. that we want to focus on. Sure. Um, some are getting more priority than others just because of the demand coming in uh, and the requests coming in from regulators for uh, specific types of programs. But like the 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 five areas that we really want to focus on are veterans, Native Americans, African Americans, Asian Americans, and professional and amateur athletes. Mm-hmm. Right. So each each one of those categories have different challenges when it comes to mental health and when it comes to access to mental health resources in the United States. Um, each one sees the world through a different lens. 
they experience the world in a different way. And so healthcare needs to be sort of thought through in a specific way that will give them access to the right kinds of resources with the right sort of competencies that give these individuals the confidence to heal and move on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you about that. When it comes to these segments of our population, is there something that makes them particularly susceptible to problem gambling? I mean, is there something in their background or their common experiences which makes problem gambling more of an issue to these segments of our population? Some of it is, you know, like for professional amateur athletes, like there's a much higher appetite for risk. Right. Competition is extremely high. They're in an environment pretty much 24 seven their entire life where they're competing with their peers. They're competing with anyone that they're playing against. And um, they're extremely good at what they do. And a lot of that translates into risk taking and other factors and other forms that they do in their private life. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, gambling happens to be one of the activities that individuals can you know, weigh risk rewards and decide whether or not they're going to go after the reward and by taking the risk. And uh, for professional and amateur athletes, it's just kind of, that's really what it kind of boils down to. You know, vets, you get a complex mix of issues. A lot of it, you know, can be boiled down to things that they experienced while they were in active duty, um, you know, wartime experiences where they were actually, um you know, deployed for multiple times and dealt with extremely long, long times of loneliness and separation from the family or witnessed events over there that left them with post-traumatic stress disorder or injuries that uh, limited their functionality physically um, or traumatic brain injuries, like traumatic brain, brain injuries are a big one. Um, and then a lot of the other populations, some of it is socioeconomic status, uh, access to uh, the right level of education, access to the right kind of jobs. Um, some of the other populations also have uh, substance use disorder issues amongst them, uh, stigma surrounding financial issues and problems in the family. Mm -hmm. uh, so it really all starts to just kind of add up where each one of these kind of needs to be looked at a little bit different. Like there's some basics that everybody needs, of course, uh, but when it comes to like really segmenting these populations and building disciplines that are unique to them is sort of where we want to focus now and in the future, um, because like these are portions of the population that just need the right types of resources to recover in situations like this. Sure. I mean, hold that thought and we'll be right back with more House of Cards right after this quick break. Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare benefits line now. It's easy. Call 800-217-1797. 800-217-1797. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-217-1797. 800-217-1797. Come and prop up today with Thrive Fantasy. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports and esports on Thrive Fantasy. Choose your lineup of over-unders for top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. 
The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive Fantasy has contests for traditional sports, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and the PGA, as well as eSport titles like Counter-Strike, League of Legends, and Valorant. Visit the prop lobby and build your entry of two, three, or four-player predictions. Choose correctly, and you could win big. Sign up with Thrive Fantasy today with promo code HOUSE, and Thrive Fantasy will match your first deposit of $25 or more up to $250. That's promo code HOUSE for a first deposit match up to $250. Come and prop up today with Thrive Fantasy. Terms and conditions apply. Must be at least 18 years old and in the United States to play. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, the IRS is cracking down by hiring 87,000 new agents to garnish your paycheck and put liens on homes and businesses. They can even seize your bank account. The IRS calls it enforced compliance, and now they have the manpower to get you. Penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily. So call One Stop Tax Relief Shop and get the IRS off your back. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. Call 800-353-2174. 800-353-2174. One Stop Tax Relief has resolved thousands of cases since 2014 and saved clients millions of dollars. Call now for a free consultation. Get the IRS off your back. Call 800-353-2174. 800-353-2174. One Stop Tax Relief Shop. You're listening to the House of Cards. Why, you cheap crook, stealing a baby's bank. It's only a lend-lease. I figured a bet on the 50-to-one shot and double the baby's money. Why, you imbecile. Why don't you pick a 100-to-one shot and triple it? Oh, okay. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaud with you. This portion of House of Cards is brought to you by SCCG Management, delivering technology-driven capability expertise and customer and business value to the gaming industry for over 30 years. For more information, go to sccgmanagement.com. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Daniel Umfleet, founder and CEO of Kindbridge Behavioral Health and vice chair of the Kindbridge Research Institute. In your opinion, what is the state of this country for treatment and treatment centers for the issue of problem gambling because I read a lot of stuff about Kindbridge and no one in the gambling industry is doing the kind of work that you're doing. I mean, in your opinion, are are the centers getting the message out that we're here to offer help and here's how to get in touch with us? Because, uh, like I said in, in the opening, I mean, I, I think what you're doing is groundbreaking, I, and I haven't seen it from other places around this country. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it kind of depends on how you look at it. Like on a state by state basis, it's managed different. Yeah. Right. So like some programs have got pretty robust programs, which are like, you know, you call 1-800 number and then they're going to kind of route you towards resources that are there in the state. Um, the problem that we come into with that is like a lot of times it's like you call the 1-800 number you know, it's sort of like a de-escalation process, like a crisis hotline. Sure. Um, and then they give you a list of resources and then you never know what happens to an individual after that. You don't know if they call, you don't know if they go into care, you don't know if they complete care, you don't know if their quality of life gets any better as they go through care. Like it's a complete void. Like we have no clue what happens once they call the hotline, right? All we're, all we're really yeah. kind of doing yeah. at the national level is collecting numbers on how many people are calling a hotline. For care in the community, like what we're finding is that if you kind of go across like SAMHSA facilities, SUD facilities, um, there's not really much by way of standards that are implemented across these for these facilities that say that they actually treat individuals with a gambling problem. It's more like a tick box exercise. Yeah, It's you know a list of disease types and someone in the administrative office for that particular facility said, all right, well, yeah, we'll we'll take gambling disorder. But when you get into it and sort of unpack it, you realize they have no discipline for it. They've never seen it. They don't really know how to screen for it um, or they've seen it once or twice. And it's just like, 
you know, it's like a tick box exercise, so to speak, right? Um, and then across the across the country, one of the big gaping holes that we recognized really quick was, you know, there's one certification board that is generally accepted across most states. Um, some states have their own certification process for counselors, which is slightly different than the international certification process. Um, and there's really only about a thousand a thousand counselors across the entire country that are trained to treat gambling disorder, mm -hmm. which in the grand scheme of things is a drop in the ocean compared to the population size. Right. And yeah. when you actually look at where those counselors are located, most of them are consolidated to the coasts, big states like New York, big states like California with like nothing in the middle. Very, 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 very little in the middle. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about, every state that's legalized and how many states we have legalized now. And when you think about the fact that iGaming is attempting to get into pretty much every state where sports betting's legalized, albeit much slower, you know, you're five years away from having all of these products in the market where, you know, 24 seven access is just going to heighten the issue of individuals out in the community that are going to experience harm related to this. And we don't have any infrastructure we don't have any real sizable infrastructure to support what's going to happen out in the communities and what's already happening, right? Like what we've seen. So just to, just to draw some attention to how we work. So we got the research Institute, which does all sorts of evidence-based research on this subject, looking at population health, looking at specific individual um, populations that are going to be, uh, impacted that we know of more than others, uh, looking at resources for them, looking at infrastructure for them, looking at architecture for them uh, from a treatment landscape. And then on the other side of the equation, we also started building a mental health clinic, mm -hmm. a virtual mental health clinic called Cambridge Behavioral Health, which could actually help process individuals that were presenting with a gambling problem, right? Okay. So like one of the biggest challenges that we found really early on was that, again, I kind of come back to like a hotline is called, we don't know what happens next, but well, we wanted to know what happens next. Mm -hmm. Right. So we built a workforce and a mental health company that works virtually and has licensed clinicians that are employed that use technology that help us, predict outcomes, track outcomes, understand outcomes for individuals based off of the way that they present. And that individual service has grown exponentially over the course of the last three years to the tune where we're hiring five or six new therapists pretty much every other month. Mm -hmm. Our capacity keeps increasing as the demand continues to increase. We're now covering 43 states plus Puerto Rico and we've just opened operations in Ontario, Canada. Um, and we're getting demand to actually take that service overseas as well, over into the UK and down into Australia. So like all we're really doing is organizing the space in a way where we can get some answers is, is pretty much what we're after, right? But yeah, yeah. I come back to your original question of what does the treatment landscape look like across the US at the moment? It looks extremely fragmented. Mm -hmm. It looks kind of bare and there's no quality controls over this particular disease type. And there's no real focus at a national level or a federal level on this particular disease, which, you know, like up until five years ago, sports betting wasn't legal. We all knew that it was going on behind the scenes, but there was no legal, legal framework for it, which, you know, kind of in the healthcare world, it's like you see disease bubble up all the time for substance abuse, for, for drug abuse, these types of things. But you also have data collected on these disease types for problem gambling. Data has never really been well collected for these disease types or for this particular disease. So it's hard to make an argument on what the prevalence of this is out in the community. It's hard to make an argument that this is something that needs, that this needs more federal attention. Like when you don't have numbers and you don't have evidence, it's hard to make a case, right? So yeah, like yeah. for us, it's like, we, we see it, we know it's there. All we're wanting to do is make it presentable and transparent in what's happening 
and make sure that the right kind of resources are there in the future where they're lacking now. So, you know, to well, sum it up, like, there's just there's not a lot there. And it, what's interesting is now that we've sort of broken into the space and kind of broken everything, I wouldn't call it wide open, but there's a crack in there that mm-hmm. we're starting to squeeze through. Right. Sure. Like where we get calls kind of on the regular now from like VCs and private equity companies um, that are like all doing research into, you know, what is going on in the community with problem gambling. We know that there's not a lot of resources out there. You know, we can come to the table if it looks like the resources need to be put in place or like the physical infrastructure needs to be put in place to help scale the types of resources that need to be out there in the community you know, if it's showing that there's enough demand to support, right? And like, I'm, I'm getting calls like that. Honestly, it's like at least once a week right now, mm-hmm. I'm being asked by, by healthcare leaders sort of across the community of, um, across the country of like, what is this, what is this looking like? What is this going to look like? Because uh, there's a lot of curiosity because sure. more folks are picking up on it. Well, let me ask you about some specifics. I mean, you mentioned and one of the great things you're doing is really helping our veterans and our active duty military. What are some of the specific programs that you offer in the area of problem gambling geared toward the veterans and the active duty military? So I'll just use uh, the state of Colorado as an example, right? So for the state of Colorado, we're doing four things, right? One is an access to care program which is specifically for veterans and their families of individuals that are impacted by a gambling problem. So it's what we often find is, is the individual with the gambling problem is not typically the first person to present when they reach out to us. It's typically the wife or it's typically the girlfriend or it's the son or the daughter that's recognized that there's some sort of problem and they're impacted by it because of what's going on in the household with the finances and the amount of stress that's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need someone to talk to. And then they also are curious, like how to approach and talk to the individual at the right time about what they're seeing and help them get help. Right. So we've got that program going on in Colorado, which is available to all veterans and their family members in the state of Colorado. And then we are also starting to run peer support and educational groups which are open to all veterans, all their family members. They're running weekly. They can pop in. They're all done virtually. All you got to do is go to the website and you can register to attend these things. Hold that thought and we'll be right back with more House of Cards right after this quick break. Some people like knocking boots. How to do? While others get lucky. And some just get it on. No matter how you do it or what you call it, Adam and Eve makes your whoopee hot with 50% off almost any one sexy item. Just enter offer code BOOTS2 at checkout and get 50% off plus 10 free gifts, including free shipping. First, get busy with a gift for you. Shake the sheets with something exciting for them and hit a home run with a third item you'll both enjoy. Sounds like someone hit the sweet spot. Plus six free bonus gifts that'll make you say, about chicka wow wow Adam and Eve is tapping that offer. Oh yeah. With 50% off and 10 free gifts, including free shipping. Use offer code BOOTS2 at adamandeve.com now. That's offer code BOOTS2. Boots 2. Boots 2 at adamandeve.com. Auto Accident Help Desk is a marketing agency connecting callers with attorneys. Providers pay a fee for advertising services. I love getting my kids ready and driving them to school. But a careless driver can change your life in an instant. And insurance companies want to settle on the cheap. Auto Accident Help Desk connects victims with powerful lawyers. They fight for you. I called Auto Accident Help Desk and got help for my pain and suffering. Don't let an insurance company take advantage of you. Our attorneys fight and beat big insurance every day. 
Call 800-297-9766. 800-297-9766. If you've been injured in an automobile accident in the last six months, you owe it to yourself to make this free call with no obligation. We're available 24-7 to help you get the money you deserve for your pain and suffering. Auto Accident Help Desk helps accident victims like you every day. Call 800-297-9766. 800-297-9766. You're listening to House of Cards. Check out our website at houseofcardsradio.com. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Daniel Umfleet, founder and CEO of Kindbridge Behavioral Health and vice chair of the Kindbridge Research Institute. Sorry about that. Radio has to do its business, you know. Why don't you continue what you were saying before the break? They're just educational sessions that focus on what this is, how this feels, and how to approach getting help to it, and how to think about solving the problem or beginning to solve the problem, and what care journeys look like. So those groups are being run every single week in Colorado. And then the other thing that we really wanted to focus on was actually building the research pool of young and upcoming researchers that are interested in this subject, Right. So we run a program called the Colorado Military Research Fellowship in the state of Colorado, where we're taking veterans who are interested in working in the mental health space and we're giving them a year of training on how to write research papers, how to read research papers, looking at specific topics related to problem gambling across the spectrum and getting them to do several research projects along that year that are going to put a lot more material out into the community around problem gambling. And then we're helping get them placed at one of the top universities for mental health or uh, mental health administration or healthcare administration um, so that they can go into the workforce already understanding the problem as best as they possibly can, already understanding the military angle as best as they possibly can. And then we can sort of patriate the next generation of leaders in the workforce Mm -hmm. for healthcare, understanding the ins and outs of problem gambling. So that's a really good program. We're linked up and we, we, um, the, the military research fellows will either get placed at Harvard or they'll get placed at Johns Hopkins, um, which is a great program. And then we're also developing a ROTC training program for the young office, the young officers, officer candidates that are at the universities here in Colorado, which is all around unit readiness. So recognizing early what some of these patterns and behaviors look like amongst your peers when, you know, it's sort of an invisible disease to everyone else. um, But look for some telltale signs and then like notice some things amongst your own behaviors when it comes to the way that you're looking at sports betting and the way that you're looking at gambling um, and also just sort of understand what happens to you from a military perspective, mm-hmm. if the situation gets out of control and how at risk your career is. So like those are four programs that we're running in Colorado now that give the 350,000 veterans in the state of Colorado and all of their family members and the uh, young training, the young officers in training um, access to the right kind of resources to get the right kind of information and to get the right kind of help that understands from a military perspective what it's like to have a gambling problem and be in the military or a veteran of the military, right? Um, so, like, there's there's a lot of interest in rolling this out across multiple states. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, you know, this is one of those things where it's like, you just put the right kind of infrastructure in, you put the right kind of pathways to the information in, and you make it all accessible. Like yeah. Colorado was great. They made all this accessible to the veterans at no cost to the veterans, um, which was fantastic. So kudos to them for that. Great. Um, you know, and I think like as you eliminate a lot of those barriers and you just make it more accessible, you just reach out into the community and you help 
as much as you possibly can. Well, you, um, you mentioned states, and you know, one of the things about this country is that the gambling industry is regulated on a state-by-state basis. How closely do you work with the state and the state agencies and the regulators regarding the issue of problem gambling? What is that relationship like between the state and Kindbridge? Uh, developing like for mm-hmm. Colorado, it's it's nice. It's really yep. smooth. Like you know, we've been we've been in the state now for a while, and um, we're sort of familiar with the leadership here. And we, when we're if we're ever asked to provide evidence on anything, we're happy to jump in and provide evidence. And um, you know, they're good. They're very collaborative. They're very communicative. Um, there's other states that have expressed interest in a lot of the programs that we do. Like an, another program that we help facilitate in the state of Colorado is the athlete well-being program, right? And that's garnished a lot of curiosity from a handful of additional states, mm-hmm. um, which are all curious from an athlete harassment perspective, uh, what some of the potential solutions look like to help the athletes get access to the right kind of resources and give them the right kind of environment to be able to report if they're being harassed due to a sports better who is, you know, on a roll, like trying to influence the outcome of a match or someone who, you know, didn't hit the bet and is just disgruntled and wants to take it out on the athlete. Um, So like as those programs start to get deployed here in Colorado, there's a lot of eyes on them from a different from a handful of different states to see one. Will the kids use it because there's a harassment reporting mechanism inside of the app that is getting put out into the, the NCAA schools here in Colorado? Um, where the student athlete can just jump on and fill in a form and let us know what the harassment looks like. And then that goes to university administrators. It'll go to local law enforcement. And if it's deemed a credible enough threat, it'll go to the local FBI office here in Denver. Um, And so also inside of that app is a bunch of education modules on anti-match fixing, on social media integrity, on athlete well-being, and a link to clinicians that can help in the event that the the student athlete is overwhelmed or the harassment is impacted and they form some sort of depression or they're having um, performance anxiety on the court type thing. Um, you know, so like giving them all these resources in, in one single app seems to be attractive. And then like there's other states out there that are starting to think about regulation on this and rules and laws on this where, you know, if sports bettors are found harassing athletes, um, you know, then they basically get banned from all the books in the state type thing. Mm -hmm. So like there's enforcement mechanisms out there that like we're trying to work on to make it easier for the regulators to uh, have some answers and gather some data on these particular topics. Um, And several of the other regulators across the state have asked for, presentations. They've asked for us to uh, get a little bit more involved in the state. And so like it's developing, right? Right, Like everything just sort of becomes program development, monitoring, measuring, um, providing the right kind of information to kind of keep your finger on what's going on out in the community. Um, And, you know, as long as we keep doing that, then I think our relationship with the regulators just keeps getting better and better. You know, I'm curious, how much support have you gotten from the gambling operators themselves? I mean, with the spread of sports betting, I know a lot of sports book operators are really getting involved in the problem gambling programs. I mean, have you had any contact with them? Do you work with any of them with Kimebridge? Tell us what the relationship is with the gambling operators themselves. Honestly, this wouldn't be possible without a handful of them, right? right? So um, we were very blessed in the beginning and we took everything that we wanted to do with the military program to DraftKings and DraftKings basically signed on board pretty much immediately and said, we love this, we want to help as much as we possibly can. Um, And they have done, they've made multi-year commitments to us, helped us really develop these programs and get them out into the community which I think is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Another huge supporter for us from the population health perspective and also from the military perspective is a group called Playtech. They're pretty small in the U.S., but they are getting bigger. Um, They're mainly out of the U.K. and across Europe, um, and they've been massively helpful. And as of recently, 
we've also gotten a lot of help coming out of that MGM, right? So like a lot of the bigs are starting to pay attention to what we're doing. Um, And also like one of the easy conversations with them is like for, for something like what we're doing on the research side, and then for something like what we're doing on the healthcare delivery side, right? Like the clinic is really focused on being a center of excellence for this particular issue. And it's really focused on getting as far and as wide as it possibly can and as deep into the communities across the states as it possibly can. Like one of the ways to actually help scale those types of resources is to work closely with the operators and use their size and their scale to help get the message out into the community that these resources exist and then give those operators access to product or services that allows for the individual who has a problem that gets onto their platform or comes into their casino to immediately get routed into a care program where they can just immediately schedule an appointment and get access to some resources and some self-help tools straight away, right? So mm-hmm. like, I think the more that we navigate the roadmap on integrating directly with operators on the care side of the equation, the more that that's going to end up fueling the research side of the equation, which just sort of creates this environment where you've got a continuous improvement loop going and you can create really good product, really good services, and everybody's happy because everybody wins. Um, And anyone out in the community that gets harmed from this has got real resources that they can immediately reach out to. Um, So like the long and short of it is, is we've got some good relationships with a handful of operators and some relationships that are developing with some new operators in in our mix. Um, And so like, I I don't think you could do this without the operators. Mm -hmm. I think it would be damn near impossible to be quite frank, right? Um, With no federal oversight for this, with no federal regulations for this, like the only way that you're going to actually start to solve this problem is if you collaboratively work together with the regulators, with the legislators, with the operators, and really just make healthcare as transparent in the space as you possibly can, and then use the right kind of information and the right kind of data to inform policy, to help everyone make decisions, and to get the right kind of protections out in the community. Stick around. We'll be right back with more House of Cards. For more than 30 years, SCCG Management has set a standard of excellence unmatched in the global gaming industry. From startups to established companies, SCCG Management and its team of experienced leaders help each of their clients navigate the ever-changing, fast-moving business of gaming in all its forms. Sports betting, iGaming, eSports, casino technology, SCCG Management provides a global network to connect its clients with the right strategic partners for growth on a global scale. SCCG also works with entrepreneurs, providing capital and resources to assist in the development of new and innovative products and platforms. Whether you're looking to enter the U.S. market, expand your reach to other parts of the world, or establish your business in the global gaming industry, look to SCCG Management for the guidance you need. SCCGmanagement.com, expert solutions for strategic success. Attention. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, the IRS is cracking down by hiring 87,000 new agents to garnish your paycheck and put liens on homes and businesses. They can even seize your bank account. The IRS calls it enforced compliance, and now they have the manpower to get you. Penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily. So call One Stop Tax Relief Shop and get the IRS off your back. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the big Biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. Call 800-353-2174. 800-353-2174. One Stop Tax Relief has resolved thousands of cases since 2014 and saved clients millions of dollars. Call now for a free consultation. Get the IRS off your back. Call 800-353-2174. 800-353-2174. One Stop Tax Relief Shop. 
You're listening to House of Cards. Your Majesty, the royal wrestlers await. I'll bet on the little guy. How much? 3,000 guineas, two geese, and a duck. That's a foul bet. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Daniel Umfleet, founder and CEO of Kindbridge Behavioral Health and vice chair of the Kindbridge Research Institute. You know, I, I live here in New Jersey, and, you know, every time I watch a game on television, there is a sports book advertising and an online casino advertising. I mean, I drive down the street, I see billboards for casinos or sports books. I, like I said, I see a lot of commercials, I hear a lot of commercials. On this show, I've read a lot of commercials, and the uh, one thing we all say yeah. is you have a problem, call 1 800 Gambler. In your opinion, is the media doing enough in the world of problem gambling? And does Kindbridge have any plans with regard to media and the issue of problem gambling? Um, no and yes. Okay. Right? So <laughs> I, the thing that I find with the media, though, mm-hmm. is that, I mean, the media doesn't know. Like a 1-800 number is a really easy thing sure. to just up and say, hey, look, we're doing something. Yeah. Right. Like my experience so far with media is that media doesn't know, you know, like they don't know the extent of what they need to be promoting. Right. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a lot of time it comes down to like, hey, look, this is what the regulators say to promote. Therefore, this is what we're going to promote. Um, that's their job to keep protections in place. It's our job to get, you know, viewers in front of product, basically. Right. So, yeah, sure. um, you know, it, it's like this sort of, you know, we will do as much as the regulators tell us to do. And in my experience, and this isn't with all of them, right? This isn't with everybody, but like they won't often do, they won't often go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, I think it's sort of like early days on what you're going to end up seeing happening with advertising over here. I mean, like we saw a lot of advertising, like there's a massive advertising blitz in Europe for a really long time. Um, you know, there was lots of advertisements that were in games. There were announcers that were talking about sports betting in games. Like periodic or over the course of the last couple of years, a lot of that's just been sort of uh, stamped out. You know, like whistle to whistle bans. No more talking about sports betting in the game. No more advertising during the game type thing. And it's like it, it all kind of goes through this. You know, early market access for everyone. It's a new product. Everybody's trying to get you know, players on board, they're trying to attract individuals to their platform. And so there's this massive media blitz, massive spend on advertising, massive incentive by some states to get folks uh, onto the platforms because everybody's after the tax dollars, right? And then you're just going to kind of see a peak and then you're going to see it start to taper itself back where you're probably going to get some tighter restrictions on what can be advertised, when they can be advertised. Um, And then I think all of that evolution that's going to take place will also see a change in what all is advertised when you see the advertisements for problem gambling resources or responsible gambling resources as well. Right. Um, so I think it's just going to be an evolution. Um, I don't think, I don't think particularly that the media does a great job of getting responsible gambling advertising out into Mm -hmm. the communities. Sure. Um, you know, but I do think that it will, like I said, I think it's an evolution. I think we'll probably see some step changes here in the next 18 to 24 months in a handful of states. And then I think like what I'm recognizing with a lot of these regulators is as soon as one of them does it, three more are thinking about doing it, yeah. five more end up doing it in the next 18 to 24 months type thing. And then it's just sort of like this domino effect. So I think it'll change. I do think it'll change. Um, and then like for us, You know, a lot of what we work on is like direct integration. Mm -hmm. So we kind of recognized early, like, you know, we were a small fish in this pond. And in the beginning, you know, just like every other startup, nobody's really taking you seriously. And the more credibility we got, the more people we got under our belt, the more companies we got under our belt that we worked with. Um, One of the things that we recognize easy is like this younger generation of individuals that are gambling or sports betting, um, you know, they're doing it. Everything's done through their phone, 
Yeah. Right. So like when you think about, you know, what is a, a clean and sleek way of getting the resources that they want in front of them? I think like direct integration with some of these sports books or direct integration with some of these health apps, um, like mindfulness style apps or elite coaching apps or things like that, like having our resources sort of packaged inside of things that already exist where the individual can access it and get education to it and access to the network for this particular issue is something that we've been doing in the background sort of quietly and it's really starting to work. Right. So like it's, we're kind of finding it's one of those things where it doesn't necessarily need to have a ton of media attention Mm -hmm. uh, given to it. If it's already in the things that they're using, they have a tendency to use it. Right. So we're, we're trying to come at it from a bunch of different angles because there's, I mean, it's, this is a behemoth of an industry (laughs) and it is really hard to get folks to take this particular topic seriously um, until there's a reason to do it until a regulator tells them to do it most of the time. Right. And so from a healthcare perspective, like there's a massive telehealth boom that's been going across the country since COVID and tele is one of those things where like pre COVID it was used about 1% of total clinical operations were leveraging tele to get the care out into the community. Mm -hmm. Now we're seeing closer to 15%. And I think like a really healthy volume, a really healthy mix of like in-person versus telecare, when you look across other countries that have integrated tele into their healthcare system really well, you see about 25% of all clinical work, all medical work being done in a tele setting. So we've got a lot of room to run because the American healthcare system is also another absolute giant that well eclipses sports betting, right? So um, you got multiple things that are sort of working in your favor here where telehealth is attempting to have its heyday and uh, become sort of normalized out in American culture as a way uh, that you actually interact and get care. Um, And you've got you've got the casino industry, regulators, operators, all of the above that are looking for good solutions to get folks access to the right kind of resources using the right kind of methodologies that aren't just promoting a phone number and then not having any understanding of what happens with that individual after they call that number ever again. Right. So like, I think for us, we're just trying to get smarter with how this is handled and build the right kind of systems to support again, transparency and evidence based for pretty much everything that we're doing. And like, I, I want to make sure that the message here is not you know, like 1-800-GAMBLER and the hotlines are a 100% necessity. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they should not exist in the least, right? Like sure. from a crisis hotline perspective, those crisis hotlines are extremely important for people who are in immediate need and need a de-escalation process and need to be routed to an emergency room. Like you see it with every single disease type, right? So those are 100% necessary. Now, it's also necessary to have the components underneath that that can support the individual when they need access to care after the crisis has subsided and they are ready to engage in a care journey, right? So I think they can't exist without one another just like every other disease type. And so I think we're probably going to hopefully move into a state of play here in the near future where both sort of exist symbiotically and um, you'll see sort of both promoted side by side. Well, let me ask about the near future. I, I know Kynebridge has some amazing plans in the future and you're working on some great stuff to help with the issue of problem gambling. What can we expect from Kynebridge in the coming months and the near future? Uh, direct integrations with some of the major operators, mm-hmm. some of the major sports books, um, some of the fantasy sports books as well. Um, wider programs for states that are interested in basically uh, piggybacking off of the success that we've had here in the state of Colorado. Um, and I think just probably more interaction from our leadership team with regulators and legislators. Uh, to help provide evidence and to help inform 
what future policy looks like. Right. Um, so I, I'd say, you know, also, you know, we're working on some tech in the background. Um, we've got an enhanced user experience that's going to be introduced on the website here in the next six weeks. Wow. Great. Uh, so the website for Cambridge Behavioral Health is going to get a complete reboot with a different menu or a, a um, not different menu, but a wider menu of services. So we're able to do med management through some of our partners. We've got access to psychiatry networks through some of our partners. So, you know, the clinical counseling element is going to widen out into a, a wide range of healthcare services for the individual where when they present for whatever they present, because oftentimes, like pretty much all the time when uh, an individual presents with a gambling problem, there's a, there's a, additional comorbidities or co-occurring addictions that accompany the gambling problem. Um, and so we found that our, basically the way we want to start thinking about care is also routing individuals to the additional resources that they need that go beyond just typical mental health counseling for this particular issue. So a wider range of services, mm-hmm. uh, including med management as well, for individuals that are already on medications when they present. Um, all of these things are gonna shortly become available through Cambridge Behavioral Health. Cambridge Research Institute is working on a couple of different innovative approaches to looking at harm out in the community. Um, you know, prevalence, prevalence work is extremely complicated to do when you do it as detailed as it needs to be done. Um, so we're working on an interesting methodology to kind of keep our, our fingers on the pulse of what's going on in the community from a harm perspective. Um, and then we're looking at advertising as well. And we're looking at the impact of advertising on the communities and um, looking at the different types of advertisement that's being used and the amount of money that's being pumped into the advertising in specific markets and looking at correlation between the amount of money that's being pumped into advertising in specific markets and like, what is that doing to the care population in those particular markets? Is there like a link between more money being spent with more advertising? And then are we seeing more harm out in the community for people actually presenting for care? Um, Like those types of things. I think uh, things get interesting. And like we're also funding, we're helping to fund a uh, research program at UNLV that is with the the VA treatment facility out there where they're looking at... um, clinical testing for a drug that could potentially curb gambling problems, wow. uh, which is very interesting, right? Very so, interesting. Wow. Yeah, it's very interesting. So like we're trying really hard to push the envelope and make sure that as all of this continues to just spread across the country, um, everybody's got everything that they need to make informed decisions. And it, like, again, that's just everything that it comes down to is like, you know, you have to be able to measure outcomes one way or another. You have to be able to measure impact somehow, and you have to be able to provide evidence that the programs that we believe need to be in the community are having some sort of impact on the community, right? And so, you know, the only way we knew that we could do that was by establishing a really good research arm and actually establishing a clinic that could take care of all of this business that needs to be done for an individual who needs access to care mm-hmm. um, and get to some conclusions as to what sort of clinical methodologies, what sort of approaches to therapy work on individuals with a gambling problem and actually be able to, you know, put it up there on a wall as numbers and say, you know, like CBT therapy works, right? Or ACT therapy works, right? Um, you know, these are things that it's like, you got to be able to do and you got to be able to do it pretty well. Sure. Uh, if you, if you want to, I think, keep pushing the envelope and, and breaking down boundaries with these things. Right. So, um, yeah, I'd say that's what you can uh, expect from us in the future. Well, Daniel, we're running out of time, but can you give out a website or a way that people can contact the Kynebridge Research Institute to find out more about it and to reach out for help if they need it? Absolutely. So if you wanted to go see what we're doing at the Research Institute and engage us on anything that you're curious on at like a state level or a regulatory level, 
you can go to kimbridgeinstitute.org. And if you are an individual that is looking for care or if you're an operator that's looking for programs to deploy through your own platforms, you can go to kindbridge.com. Daniel Umfleet, Director and Vice Chair of the Kind Bridge Research Institute, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us all about the Institute and the, and the incredible work they're doing with the issue of problem gambling. And we encourage anyone who feels they have a problem with regard to gambling, please get in touch with places like Kind Bridge Research Institute because they are really changing lives for the better. Thank you so much for your time today. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, that'll do for us this week. We'll see you next time with House of Cards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.